What's up and welcome to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. Happy fifth anniversary to Sweathead. Hey, hey. It's Saturday, January 21, 2023. Yesterday we held the Sweathead Get Ahead, which I think we're going to do every year now. Free event just to get the community together. But this year is extra special on, on January 20 because January 20, yesterday, was our fifth anniversary. Five years ago, I set up the Facebook group for Sweathead. We now have about 18,000 people in there and... Uh, business did not have a business five years ago didn't have really have a sweathead business three years ago now we've got quite a few people working with us uh, every every week and big plans for this year which i'll tell you about very quickly in a second but thank you if you all turned up yesterday it was a three-hour event supposed to be two uh we had i think at its peak about 600 people in the event we probably had eight to nine hundred come through and even after three hours we had just under 200 people which actually surprised me it was great to see we had people from all over the world people up at 3 a.m 4 a.m in their local time zone so if you attended yesterday big 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 thanks Special shout out to the Sweated team who helped get all of that together. Dot Yarantira really drove it. A lot of other people are involved. Mayara, Juliana, Telenezi, Awesome Video, Art Rose, Podcast Editing, Wakar and, and Tech Team, Shri for Learning Design, Shreya for Product Management, and various other people. Sorry if I just uh, jumped over your name there, but big thanks to the people working with Sweathead. I, I don't like saying the phrase my team because I don't want to own people and none of them work for me full time. But we do work together every week. Big thanks for making this happen and for being patient through building this little baby business. A baby business, I see it as a baby business, not as a startup. I don't really kind of get lost in, I don't need to be called a founder. I don't need to uh, you know, have a startup. It's a business. I prefer that. It's, it feels a little bit more adult-like and, and realistic, more pragmatic. Uh, it's a baby business, so we've got a plan in place. But the past year or two, we've just been working it out. We've been winging it. And 2023 is the first time we've had pretty much a 12-month plan in place uh, and, and also bringing a few extra people in. So uh, Jamie Brownlee, Aussie agency guy who former who is also former CMO of Euronews is giving us a hand with some marketing over the next few months and hoping to get more brains involved because I feel like even though the economy is going to be really, really tough in most parts of the world, I think the US is very good at winning. It's the biggest market in the world biggest economy it likes to make money and even though we're seeing all this news on linkedin about tech layoffs from what i understand there's still a lot of jobs open in other parts of the economy and i think we're gonna get it i think we're gonna get through this okay i think we're gonna get through it okay to the speakers yesterday, Elizabeth Paul, CSO of the Martin Agency, Andy Nan, founding partner of Lucky Generals, Rodrigo Moroni, CSO of Wonderman Thompson, Ambika Pai, CSO of Mechanism Tahabre, CSO Menat, Middle East, North Africa, Turkey, Publicist Group, and Aisha Hakim, ACD, I almost said account director, oh my God, Aisha, uh, Associate Creative Director of 72 and Sunny. So much, big, big thanks, big thanks, that's what I'm saying. I am jumbling my words, okay, for a one particular reason there's probably three there's three that are coming together for me one is just i'm aging a little bit i've realized i've aged a lot through the pandemic but also i've been back in the gym and one of the most significant changes i've made in the past few months is i gave up my co-working situation with we work which was really good for me there's about 300 bucks a month which for new york is is cheap for the world 300 dollars is a lot of money but it was cheap for new york and i'm now paying less than that to get access to a gym which has a beautiful, it's got an indoor pool and an outdoor pool. It has table tennis, ping pong, it has snooker, 
and it has a space for me to work. So I'm literally working out of a gym so that I work at a gym. And I'm doing heavy weights again. It's been one of the best things for my mental health. But what's been happening in the past two weeks, because I'm, I'm pushing a little hard perhaps and not recovering properly, is that I'm really taxing my central nervous system. So yesterday, well, this week, here's what's happened this week because of my taxing of central nervous system. Also exaggerated a little bit by the work stress. But here's what's happened. Yesterday, I thought I left my wedding ring in the gym. I did not leave my wedding ring in the gym. I left it in the shower at home after I came back from the gym, which meant that I went to the gym, took off my wedding ring as I always do, worked out, and I was I was grunting yesterday that that's how you know heavy I was trying to go for me relatively speaking. I'm I'm about at the half I'm at half of the heaviness that I was 10 years ago when I was doing the five by five strong lift program. I'm doing the PHUL program now for those of you who are interested. And I'm saying that just in case you've got better ideas and you can DM me better, uh, better workout things. So yesterday, yes, I managed to somehow go to the gym, take my ring off, put it in the locker, come home with my ring, take it off, had a shower, immediately came out of the shower and said, I've lost my wedding ring. <laughs> Three hours later, I find it back in the shower. So that happened yesterday. The day before, uh, it was 9 a.m. Dot was on a call for WTF, our conference, with Dr. Grace Kite's team, who we're hopefully bringing in to do a talk. I was running a little bit late. I took the call in the change room, which is super obnoxious. And as I was taking the call, I realized that, one, I forgot where I had put my clothes uh, in which locker I was using. And then a few minutes later, I worked it out and then I couldn't open it. So I needed help to open the locker. This morning, Saturday, bright and early, I'm up fresh to watch the Premier League. Yes, that's what I do on Saturday. And I sometimes put a little jojoba oil. Sorry if that's pretentious. I'm aging, my hair's thinning. Every now and then I put a little bit of jojoba oil in. I didn't even know what that was a few months ago. Just to make it a, you know, a little fresher, a little more vibrant, virile. Uh, but today I did not do what I would usually do. Instead, I reached for the liquid soap, pressed the button on top of the jar of liquid soap. I can't even find the words. A whole bunch of soap went into my hands and I rubbed it through my hair and then all over my face. And then about 60 seconds later, I realized what I had done. So I washed it off. So that's where I am on the scale of exhaustion with things, but it's good exhaustion because it's coming from trying to take care of myself and it's been great for my mental health. It's awesome. It's just, it's super inspiring to see how the body responds. You know, I've been working out five, six days a week for the most part of two or three months now. And even at my age, I'm 44, even at my age, it's just amazing to see how the, how the body responds. I'm not drinking. I'm trying to eat well. I still do a lot of intermittent fasting. Don't worry. I'm not saying this to be you know, better than anyone. They're just part of my behavioral stack that helps me be a little more sane than not. But anyway, that's why I'm stumbling a little bit with uh, my words today. So if you spoke yesterday, thank you. Uh, if you're asking, if you're going to ask about like, is there a video? Maybe, maybe we've got to go through it and work out what we can turn into videos. Uh, we will update you either on the podcast and or in the newsletter. So make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. So Sweathead, get ahead awesome attendance, such lovely comments. And one of the things that I really, really enjoy is when my team, when the audience, and also when uh, people in the industry who are teaching or talking, when they come to these events, and I can often see it in their faces where they're like, oh, this is different. We often have people cry at, at 
at events. It's not something I, I reach for or go for, but I like it. I like it because it means that we've punctured the veneer and that someone is usually feeling seen and safe and that they're happy to be open and vulnerable, which is the opposite of a lot of our daily lives, sometimes in our relationships, but also you know, with our day jobs. Okay, so we had, a, had some emotional reactions uh, yesterday as well. So the Sweathead Get Ahead, I think we'll do it again next year. What else is coming up? All right, on the podcast, the coming week, I have four episodes with people talking about trends. Will Posquet, Extroga, he's first up. We've got Rob Engelsman. I have Haley Grant from Vayner uh, and, and Chike Ume as well. Separate episodes. We're, we're calling it the Sweathead Trend Bender. Five episodes in 25 minutes. And I'm going to pro I was going to go for the for five episodes, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do with the fifth. Those four episodes are going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I hope it, it doesn't feel spammy, but I just know that this time of year, people are like, oh, what, what do we need to know about? So I was like, let's just create some smaller episodes that hopefully people can binge on and, and enjoy. The fifth person that I was going to get involved was Reddit's Matt Klein. I've interviewed him on the podcast before and he spoke at the do together last year. He's what, what he does. He, he does a meta analysis and he looks for meta trends and he's come up with 16. He wasn't quite ready to publish it this week. So what we've decided to do is we're going to do a live session where Matt is going to quickly share 16, the 16 meta trends he's found in over 45 trend reports this year. And then I, with you, are going to try to apply each trend to a brand. It's a free event. It's February 3, Friday, 12 o'clock, one hour. We're going to do it on Zoom. I'll put the link in the show notes. But also, if you're on our newsletter, you'll, you'll get the details for that uh, over the next two weeks as well. So that's going to be fun. Lots of stuff about trends in the next two weeks. Uh, also, I'm quietly looking for someone to help with a newsletter so if you're really plugged into breaking campaigns new research the best tweets the best linkedin posts out there the best tiktoks from our industry and you're interested in spending half a day with me maybe like actually need more help but i can't commit to that just yet i need to get a sense of what the year's going to be like but if you're if you're open and interested in maybe spending half a day of work uh, half a day a week there you go word slipped uh half a day a week let me know uh, just DM me, tell me what you're about, just show me that you can write. I think it's pretty. It's going to be a pretty straightforward newsletter. That'll be our second newsletter. Also looking for a product manager and potentially even someone involved with business development and recruitment of strategists. There's a few things that we're playing with a uh, couple of days a week potentially. Can't afford big, big bucks, but if you're interested and you know our stuff and you can do those roles, just DM me and let's start talking now. There's always stuff popping up. I think the US economy is going to be soft this year. I'm not really scared. I was more scared working for other people. So I've been through not only my, my parents' redundancies in the 1990s and recessions, etc., but the dot-com crash in 2000 where I got locked out of a, a dot-com K-Grind in Sydney that I was working at. 2008 and 2009, was it 2007, 2008? Around that time, the GFC, Global Financial Crisis, which is what we called it in Australia. That was, that was really scary. I didn't lose a job then, but 
I did see client offices emptying out, so that, that was scary. And then even six or seven, seven years ago when I was last working for people, I, I thought the economy was about to tank, quite anxious. So I, I, I've been more worried working for other people than uh, doing my own thing. And the fact that we somehow managed to earn enough money to get through a pandemic through book sales and online class sales, I'm like, look, we can do that again. We've got better reach now, we're better known, I feel like our product's better more belief and 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 also there's so much research about how like you, you got to keep building and i feel like with sweathead we're just dipping our toe in the water we're just starting out so my my aim is really to hold this team together for as long as possible hope that the you know the revenue increases and uh potentially even build a team of up to 15 to 20 people i, I don't have dreams of having 1000 people in, in a company but i think we could do really good work fulfilling meaningful work yeah, with a great culture with probably 15 to 20 people possibly not even full time so yeah, newsletter maker, product manager, business developer, let me know. Uh, masterclasses, two masterclasses coming up, February 23 with Andy Nan, three hours of superpowers. And then in March, Rodrigo Moroni, CSO of Wonderman Thompson, he'll do a, a masterclass there, three hours on problem solving. Information about that should appear on the website in the next week. You can buy tickets to them for about $350. If you're a member, it's $295. But some of the memberships, such as Flight Mode and Beast Mode, means you can get access to either all of the masterclasses. And every Beast Mode will give you access to every single thing that we do this year. It's, two, it's just under two and a half grand. Flight Mode is just under one grand. That will get you access to all our online videos, a book of mine four masterclasses and the do together conference so it's pretty good value and i know those prices might seem a little bit up there but i feel like it's pretty good value if you come to all the things and, and milk it i'm also doing a one month accelerator in march that's me four weeks project based really cool videos that we've had re renovated over the past few months or last year and then there's about nine to ten hours of, of live teaching as well and then also in april we have wtf the effing effectiveness festival we'll, ha we'll have about eight speakers and our brief to them is blow our minds with one set of numbers one set of data we'll make cool videos for them and then they'll deliver a 10 to 15 minute live session so we've got a ton of stuff coming up in the first half of the year all up at least eight masterclasses this year a four-week summer camp for our starter mode members and the do together conference and another accelerator in the second half of the year there's so much going on i wish i could find a way to, to work with everybody as well uh, i feel like there's so much that we could achieve so much that we could achieve all right i, I think that's everything that's going on wanted to give you a quick update now what i want to talk to you about is your career this year I'm going to run you through a few questions. I'll, I'll give you the questions and prompts, some reflections, and I'll aim to get this up on Instagram or LinkedIn or both actually in the next few days. And I guess I'll include it in Monday, Tuesday's newsletter as well so that you have a visual reference for this, okay? It's January. You're probably thinking about the year. It's pretty natural right now. And I know you're probably also a bit spooked by what's going on in the world. Don't forget, you got through the pandemic, okay? If you're listening to this, you got through the pandemic, so you're going to get through the next thing. There'll be more things to get through. You have one thing to do is to get through them. Exercise one is what I call working, not working. Yes, shout out to the company and website called Working, Not Working. Exercise one is two questions. Very, very simple. And really, this is very common with uh, any kind of life change or even brand strategy think about what's been going on recently. And here's the question. The first question is this, 
what's been working for you. What's been working for you? List five plus things. An exercise like this, I would set a timer, maybe 90 seconds, maybe two minutes and just write. Go for 10. Keep going. Don't edit yourself. You want to be free flowing stream of consciousness and just give yourself uh, like I'll go through these questions way quicker, probably five to 10 minutes, but you could give yourself 30 to 60 minutes to go through these questions. So one, eight, what's been working for you? For me, I started therapy again late last year. Uh, I have what I call a behavioral stack or behavior stack in place, which involves going to the gym, working at the gym so that I go to the gym, eating well, not drinking, trying to sleep most nights at the same time, trying to wake up around the same time because that's actually really, really important. It, it's easier when you're older, I know, but also I've, I've had a couple of decades of being an insomniac, very restless sleep, very restless sleeper as well. I move around all the time. Um, and it's funny because I've been criticized for that. And then I did that DNA test, 23andMe, and apparently they test for restless sleeping. It could be because I have all those Neanderthal genes as well. All right. So I, I think about this behavior stack, turning up, taking risks, trying to be more creative, little things like this, what's been working for you. Okay. 1B, part of working, not working is what's not been working for you. Just the opposite question. What's not been working for you list five plus things. I'm trying to think of what answers I can actually give you that wouldn't be too over sharing like, but, uh, there's, we have a lot of complexity in, in the business and, and I think that can be quite stressful. I think also when I expect empathy from other people who are incapable of it, that, it doesn't work. <laughs> You'd think by my age that I would know this. So anyway, it doesn't, it's not a criticism of those people, by the way. It's just, it's my needs. It's my needs. I'm needy. I'm a needy man. What's not been working for you? List them. And it can be personal, but also career, right? So one of the things that's not been working for me is I'm, I'm trying to do reels. I'm trying to put my face on video more. I have done it for my online classes. I've done it for live events, but I've not put it on Instagram and TikTok very much. And I'm nervous about it because I'm getting older. I don't mind my voice in the podcast format, but my voice with my face is not very animated. Like, which means like I could play that up. I could really be not very animated, but I find it, I do find it hard to watch myself. I'm, so I find it okay. It's okay for me to listen to myself, to do radio for a long time. And I do think I've, I do have a voice that is great at putting people to sleep and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. My face, I'm like, oh God, what's going on there, mate? Uh, so anyway, what's not been working for me there is reels. And, and then I just haven't found like a production workflow because I've got no personal space since we moved. Didn't really have any beforehand, but I don't really have a place to, to set up. And in that statement, lies a solution, which is, mate, find a place where you can set up and record without having to think about it. Because if you've got to think about it, that's friction, then you won't do it. What's not been working for you? All right. Exercise two, two questions. Let's just call this exercise more or less. Very simple questions. Allow yourself simple questions and then answer them with simple answers. Exercise 2A, what do you want to do more? At least five plus things. Try to exhaust yourself. Again, set a timer, two minutes. What do I want to do more of? I want to take bigger creative risks. I got a TV show idea. It's called How the World Thinks. It would be like Anthony Bourdain, an Anthony Bourdain type of show in, in tone and potentially in travel where I or someone or a group of people visit a country and try to understand how the country thinks. What are the most common dreams of the country? What are the most common topics that appear in therapy sessions in the country? 
who are the intellectual who are the intellectual heroes who are the intellectual anti-heroes so on and so forth i want to take bigger creative risks i'd love to do that it's scary right i also i want to write a second book i've been sitting on this book concept for a decade now called how to quit advertising originally what i'd been thinking with with books is to create a universe of fiction and non-fiction that overlaps that bleeds into each other and for some people it might even confuse them so my first book strategy is your words which is actually doing a second print rerun which has sold over 5,000 copies it's going to take about five months to get those books uh, into the warehouse the new print run that is but the next book how to quit advertising was going to be a revenge novel but presented similarly which is a risk it could confuse people and I, I, if I was really true to the voice and the ideas I want to play with, it, it would be quite violent and quite vulgar and, and confronting in a way that when you watch a Netflix show, you'd be like, yeah, that's what I expect. But you might not expect that from someone who writes nonfiction strategy books. So there's a bit of a risk there. So there are two things that I want to do, but they come from me wanting to take bigger creative risks. And actually, as I share those ideas, and there's definitely a thought out there, Stephen King in his book on writing said, write with the door shut as in when you're writing don't tell people about it just write keep the door shut and then once you've finished writing put what you've written in a drawer for as long as you can a month six months 12 months and then come back and edit it so you know in a way i write with the door open at times when i'm really head down i'm door shut but i, I don't mind sharing these ideas the reason that i do it is because i want you to do it too why do I want you to do it? I don't know. I don't know. It's not because I want you to be like me. I think it's just because I have the same conversations with strategists so often where the strategist feels creative, but they also feel frustrated and like, like they're not living up to their creative potential, even though for many of them who are employed, they're like, oh, I'm also probably pretty lucky to be in this industry, but I also don't know if I like the industry. I want to do more creative work. What do I do in the second half of my life? I have that kind of conversation with a lot of people very often. And the way through it for me is to really try to take a massive creative leap. All right. Exercise 2A, what do you want to do more? Exercise 2B, what do you want to do less? List five plus things. Uh, I get a bit exhausted in, in meetings, uh, especially on the Zooms. I could do an hour or two of meetings a day and then I'm actually tired. I know that's not a new phenomenon, but I also know other people out there, eight hours, nine hours on a Zoom all day, they're, they're probably okay with that different kind of energy, different vibe. So, uh, you know, I want to work out how to have fewer meetings, make them more productive. I mean, I'm also trying to work out how to be less involved with a lot of the work that we do with Sweathead. Uh, you know, if I had a meeting this week with a social media manager, Mayara, uh, and I, Mayara and Juliana, who's a, a designer, I, I trust them 99.5%. And I'm like, this year, let's work out, let's revise our workflow to the point where maybe we have a, a third person just check the writing and you publish it without me approving because that'll free me up. But also, that'll be kind of exhilarating, right? So exercise 2B, what do you want to do less? I hope my examples are useful. I'm literally just talking to myself in a bedroom in Hell's Kitchen. Exercise three, alive and going. Exercise three A, what are you doing when you feel most alive? List five things. For long-time listeners, you will have heard my answers to this. It's doing what I'm doing now. I'm talking to myself, but I feel alive. 
I, I know that someone's going to listen to it. And so talking through a microphone, what brings me to life is not just that I'm thinking aloud, which I enjoy, because I enjoy thinking, but I know a few people are going to hear it. So I feel listened to. And I, that's one of my needs I, in my life. I don't always or very often feel listened to, not being a victim. I'm just saying that, you know, the things that a lot of us turn up for in this particular podcast or similar podcast for, we turn up to these podcasts because uh, the rest of our lives, let's just say, they're not like the podcasts that we listen to, right? And maybe we enjoy the things on the podcasts. Teaching, writing, talking, happy with a deep and meaningful three-hour talk about the darkest stuff ever. I can't handle small talk. Uh, I don't mean that in, in a way when I was younger where I was like, mm, I hate small talk, but I just struggle with it. It's boring. I don't know what to say. Nervous, I'll say the wrong thing. And then all of a sudden I go, <laughs> like I basically jump over the small talk. Tell me about how your parents treated you when you were four years old. I, I don't do that, by the way, but I could, I could. So exercise 3A, what are you doing when you feel most alive? Weightlifting, I love it. I used to really love yoga as well, but I, I kind of want to do weightlifting a little bit more. Exercise 3B. Also, speaking of things you want to do less, I, I realize when I listen back to some of these podcasts that I have a few verbal or mouth sound ticks. One of them is, I do that a little bit. I don't say um too much. It can be there. And also... I'm aware because I was back in Australia and then recorded some stuff with some Australians that I haven't lost my up talk that much. If you want to know what I'm talking about, you could Google up talk research. Was it University of Adelaide? Anyway, there's some research about the Australian up talk thing, which is where at the end of a sentence, instead of going down, we go up. Seeking approval, I believe, is, is part of what that's about. All right. So exercise 3B. What am I talking about? Exercise 3B. Where are you going? Describe it in a paragraph. Again, three to five, three to five sentences. Where are you going? Me, I'm, I want to continue to build an, an independent life. I want to take creative risks. I want to run, do my own creative projects. I want to work out how to help other people in our industry also launch their own creative projects, but in a way where we can help build viable businesses around them. And I also want to create world-class strategy, teaching, learning experiences, right? Just thinking aloud, but that's, that's where I'm going right now. So you do the same. Where are you going? It could be really simple. You want to be a CSO. You want to be a senior strategist. You want to work in the industry for five years, have kids, retire, whatever. Just write it down, whatever's honest. Exercise four, help. The question here is simple. It's just one, how can you most help your company? List three plus things. I do think it's really, really important that if you're a working strategist that you develop a commercial sensibility. What this means is to try to understand how your company and your clients make money. And then, especially during rough seasons or ambiguous seasons, try to get close to the cash flow. If you're not near cash flow, you're going to get cut. Being close to cash flow means that you're generating new revenue from existing clients. You're generating new revenue from new clients or potentially you're helping the company save money. To be simplistic, I think those three categories are adequate. So the closer you can be to those things, well, I guess the fourth category would be to help the company maintain or retain cash flow from existing clients as well, right? 
So you need to be close to those things because otherwise, otherwise you're going to get cut. All right. So list three things, three ways that you can help your company. Three ways in which you can help your company. Exercise five, a good old strategist from two. Exercise 5A, summarize your current situation in a metaphor. What is your current situation in a metaphor? And you could make this silly. In the live session yesterday, Dot, who works with me, we were joking around and, and talking about current situation. And then exercise 5B, give your future situation in a metaphor. And I would just came out with silly stuff. And I think we said, you know, riding a unicorn across a rainbow. That's the future situation as a metaphor. Metaphors are useful because they give you structures that you can return to if you get a little bit lost and confused. So let's say for Dot, riding a unicorn across a rainbow is a metaphor about the future. If she gets a little bit lost, she can go, hang on, unicorn, rainbow, future. Oh yeah, I was riding a unicorn across a rainbow. That's where I'm going. What did I mean by that? I meant A, B, C, boom. It's like a, a metaphor in, in a way can be like a little strategy, a mini plan, a mini operating system. Really, really useful. Some people get these things as tattoos on themselves to represent where they're from or what they've survived, where they're at now, where they want to go. Okay, but metaphors are quite useful. So exercise 5A and 5B are basically to pick two metaphors, one to represent your current situation that you would have written about a few, cent a few questions ago, and then two, a metaphor about where you're going. Two more exercises here. Little actions and big actions. This is exercise six. So hopefully you're writing in, if you're doing this, you're writing in one or two syllable words. Try to avoid three and four syllable words where possible. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not a snob about it. It's just, it's kind of fun to say, you know what, I'm going to just use one syllable words to answer these questions. Little actions, big actions. Exercise 6A. What are daily behaviors you can adopt to get you to the future? List at least five. So if I think about my behavioral stack, it's get up around the same time most days of the week try to sleep at the same time most days of the week, continue your intermittent fasting. I just use a three syllable word. I know we're all hypocrites, aren't we? Uh, write every day. It's, it's things like this. It's things like this. You could probably get a list of 10 to 20 that you might return to. That's quite a lot, but it's worth doing the exercise because then you can prioritize the top five that you want to focus on. So what are daily behaviors you can adopt to get you to the future? And then 6B is what are three big actions that can increase your visibility? And then the goal here is to actually name three projects, give them titles. When I was managing strategists, I, I would ask them to write, teach, and or talk at least once a quarter. In writing, you have to think about what you think, commit it to words. Part of the writing process is then improving your words, which improves how you think. You then put that stuff into public. Could be a company intranet. It could be LinkedIn. It could be a book. You then get feedback. You think about that feedback and you go again. It's this virtuous cycle. 
Now, if you've ever had a phase of writing and then a few years of not writing because you're just exhausted by work, and I mean like writing involving critical thinking, thinking about your job, your profession, you know, how you approach it. If you've had phases of doing that and then not doing it, you know that when you come back to it, you're like, oh, this is so useful. I've got to keep doing this because it, it I think it's connected to this phrase metacognition. I know I talked about using simple words. Metacognition, thinking about how you think. And thinking about how you think helps you think better. Journaling is an example of metacognition. So if you go to a meeting and you interact with people in a certain way and then later you journal about how you interacted, it's sort of metacognition. You're, taking, you're actively trying to learn from that experience. Okay, so three big actions that can increase your visibility. I mean, I mentioned a couple that I would love to do, how to quit advertising and how the world thinks. There's a few other ideas I've got. I'd love to do a workbook to accompany strategy is your words, for example. A book that you can fill in. And it is definitely funny that books that you can fill in sometimes cost more than books that are filled in. It's definitely an irony. Okay, six bit. The, the final one is just to find a word for yourself. So what's one word you can return to throughout the year to keep you moving? What's one word you can return to throughout the year to keep you moving? I've worked in big and small companies. In almost 15 years in Australia, we never had a, an HR department. I think one or two companies had an HR person or a head of culture, but we never had an HR department. Big companies in the US, oh my gosh, there's too much HR, straight up too much HR. I don't think it's good. Sorry if you know people in HR, just they work for the company, not you. And it's, for, it's a kind of a manipulative role. They have a lot of bureaucracy to do, but then they dish out the bureaucracy. They maintain the bureaucracy of the company overall. They're amazing HR people, but overall, I think it's, uh, I think HR is a bureaucracy that seeks to turn everyone else into bureaucracy. And you just can't, I don't think you can do it well with critical thinking and creative roles. My point is that in some places I was forced to do annual reviews, which I don't like. I don't like it. Because I, I would have to sort of act between the employee, my team, and the company, where the company might have given me no say about if I can promote someone, if I can pay them more, and all of this, and I've somehow got to represent them. It's not okay. It's not cool. And that's why I think a lot of people who survive the corporate world in, in New York, that certain characters, certain characters who are okay with that in the interest of uh, money. But what I would do is I would, I would do a lot of like one-on-one -on -one catch ups every week. And the head of HR for a massive agency that I worked at said to me, when I said, look, I'm not really a big fan of these annual reviews. I find them so forced and I, I talk to the team as much as I can anyway. She's like, she said to me, well, most managers don't. And that's why we have to force them to do these reviews. So in the last set of reviews, one of the last set of sets of reviews that I did while working for other people, I, I said, look, I, I, you know, because we, we were talking all the time anyway, and I said, look, I've been thinking about it. I just want to give you a word. And I want to give you a word in a way that's not going to traumatize you. Like, I would hate that I say this word to you now and in 20 years time, you're like, I can't believe that guy said this word and nah, all this sort of stuff. But one person, and I don't know if you're listening, and I hope it's okay that I share this, I won't name you, but one person I worked with, I, I thought was really really capable, driven, was self-conscious because they started in the industry as an executive assistant. They were now working in strategy, really good brain. And, and I said to them, look, 
for the next year, I want to give you the word dangerous. I want you to work out how to be more dangerous, how to find a place in meetings where your energy is electric, where people are exhilarated and, and, and maybe a little bit scared to have you in those meetings. So that was a kind of word that I would use. Okay. It wasn't a label to say, this is how you've been behaving and, and I'm going to call you this. It was like more of a, like a brand essence for the future and often very opposite to what the person had been just so that they might compensate a little bit. So what's one word you can return to throughout the year to keep you moving? Sometimes I'll use the word like publish. If I get a little bit lost, I'm like, dude, just sit down and publish, which means write and then put it out into public. And every now and then I do too much of that and not enough of write with the door shut, as in spend three months writing a thing and then put it out. I sometimes do get my hits, but I don't know. There is something addictive about that as well. All right, so I'll quickly go through those questions again for the three of you who are following along and not just using this episode to put you to sleep. So your career this year, exercise one, working, not working. 1A, what's been working for you? List five plus things. 1B, what's not been working for you? List five plus things. Exercise two, more or less. 2A, what do you want to do more? List five plus things. 2B, what do you want to do less? List five plus things. Exercise three, alive and going. 3A, what are you doing when you feel most alive? List five plus things. 3B, where are you going? Describe it in a paragraph. Exercise four, help. The question, how can you most help your company? List three plus things. Exercise five, from two. 5A, summarize your current situation in a metaphor. 5B, summarize or describe your future situation in a metaphor. Exercise six, little actions, big actions. 6A, what are daily behaviors you can adopt to get you to the future? List five plus behaviors. Use verbs, simple verbs. 6B, what are three big actions that can increase your visibility this year? Name three projects, give them titles. The final exercise, number seven, word. What's one word you can return to throughout the year to keep you moving? Use a simple word. Then what I would encourage you to do is, is a few things. One is to go for a walk, possibly as you're contemplating these things, but definitely if you've done this as a writing exercise and just see what your brain does. An hour or two walk will allow the parasympathetic nervous system to turn on, it allows your brain to talk to itself differently and little things will bubble up. Your subconscious will go to work. I'd also encourage you not to overshare your answers and don't seek permission for the things that you want to do. Sometimes when we're a little bit nervous about being more assertive with ourselves, we start to tell everybody about it or we tell everybody about it, hoping that they say, yeah, you should do that. Don't do that. Do these things because you are honoring yourself and what you want and where you want to go. You don't need other people's permission. In fact, I've got no research on this. I would say a lot of people that are close to you won't want you to change because they are friends with you or they know you the way you are now. And when you change, it's a threat to them. It makes them feel that maybe they're supposed to change, but they don't want to. And then also that perhaps that you're going to outgrow them or that you're going to change your boundaries, which they're used to. Maybe you have no boundaries and they like that. 
Then what I would encourage you to do is to write all of this down in a clear plan. So allow yourself to do the messy writing and then grab a piece of paper, half a piece of paper and, and write the most important parts of what you just went through on a half page. Revisit, put it somewhere that you can see. And then if you get lost, what you can do is grab another blank piece of paper. Maybe it's in four weeks time and just remind yourself, where am I going? What am I here to do? What brings me to life? Rewrite these things. It's amazing therapy. It really is. It might not, it not, it might not be ready, like worthy of you, not worthy, but you might not be ready for it right now. But chances are, if you're listening to this episode and you've reached this point, you're probably ready for it. Maybe you're even doing it. Final thing is you've got to take responsibility for it. You've got to own it. Don't delegate it. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Don't procrastinate. Take responsibility for it. It's in action that you'll learn how to be. It's in action that you'll learn from your mistakes. It's in action that you'll become more of who you want to become. All right. I believe that's it for the day. If this is a new experience for you, don't forget to like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. If you appreciate the work we do at Sweathead, please like, comment on, forward our social posts, our newsletters, the podcasts, and I hope you enjoy this week of trends. Don't forget we've got that Matt Klein live event on February 3, and we have masterclasses, accelerators, and WTF, the Effing Effectiveness Festival coming up. Thank you for letting me into your head today and for celebrating five years with Sweathead. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sweathead. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend, subscribe to our newsletter, find us on Instagram or LinkedIn at Sweathead. And if you're interested in finding out about our strategy memberships, company training or books, visit sweathead.com. Whoop, whoop.